0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the thirteen weeks of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> there Sam Baxter. <laughs> Hi Pissy Miles. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I am still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a week. It was it was quite a week. I finished Fire Island this week, so no more drives out to Long Island. Although <laughs> I just finished doing Fire Island on Friday Mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh my God, next week I'm not going to have to drive out to Fire Island. And then I was thinking about, and I was like, Oh, but I was booked for a bachelorette party Saturday night in the Hamptons. And I'm like, (laughs) so there will not be a week (laughs) in my life in the coming weeks that I don't end up having to drive until the boondocks of the worst state of the union. Um, just to uh, to be in drag but i i am enjoying it i'm trying to stay positive even in light of bad <laughs> bad news of having to go all the way out to the hamptons have you ever been to the hamptons Ah, uh, no i haven't it's horrible <laughs> so, uh, you know, people people paint it as the, it because they're always like, oh, my God, the Hamptons is so beautiful. It's so nice. That's where Ina Garten is. It's like, who cares? Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that. The Hamptons. In my experience, mm-hmm. is just a place for like snooty people. <laughs> okay. And there have been some relatively nice people that I've met there, but generally speaking, I think I'm probably not of the class of person who really wants to spend time in a place like that. So, you know, you go out there and you make your money, and usually the people are very nice. I will say the people have always been very nice to me, but I just don't get it. I don't get what draws people. To places like that, I really don't understand it.
1: I have absolutely no context for it, so I do not have an answer.
0: It's you know the last time I was there, and I doubt that this is what I'm getting into this time because it's obviously a much younger crowd this time uh since it's a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's two bachelorettes, oh, and okay. I'm like I- i'm I'm holding my breath and praying. <laughs> <laughs> That it that it will be a, a a fine experience, but I I don't think it's going to be like old money, right? So in that respect, it's probably better. But you know, my experience in the Hamptons, like the one time I did a birthday party out there, and I I won't say where I was or who who was there, but I did a birthday party in this house, and I I drove up and. I pull up to the gate, and yeah. from the gate, you cannot see the house. Right. Because there are giant, I mean, giant hedge walls. Mm-hmm. You cannot see anything beyond the gate. And I had to be rung in, and I was a total surprise to the people at the party. Okay. So I pulled down the the driveway, which was a, about a 72-minute drive, and... <laughs> Then I I pull up to the garage and this house is massive, like massive, 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 massive. And uh, there are two people outside waiting for me, the event coordinator and personal assistant of the birthday girl and the butler. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that says everything it needs to.
1: I have Um, to, I have to wonder how you end up being a butler.
0: I really don't know. Like and it must be like a six-figure salary, right?
1: Like no, it's got to you got to get paid a lot of money. It's just who's like this is what I want to do with my <laughs> life. I want to live in my boss's house. <laughs> like they're better... beck and call
0: 24 hours a day. Who wants to have a butler? Like that's the <laughs> thing I don't understand. I I guess there's a part of me that's like when you have a house that big and you have that much money that like if a few million go disappearing, nobody notices. It's like, yeah. and that's exactly what this house was. Because when I got there, they were like, all right, we're going to bring you in. And I was like, okay, but I'm a surprise. So we have to, and they're like, no, they're like, no one will see you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they took me through the house. We were like cackling and laughing and making noise and walking around. Nobody knew we were there. <laughs> and so it was, it was just a very bizarre experience because it was like, Clearly old money. This house was probably several dozen millions of dollars. Yeah, That kind of house. And like during the party, the hostess told me that their neighbor was Calvin Klein. (laughs) So it's like uh, just a just a a, that kind of a party. And and like I said, the people were very nice to me. I I really don't have any complaints, but it is just like kind of a shock. You know what I mean?
1: I can see how that would be.
0: And and even as nice as they are, it's like, there's very clearly a difference between us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I even with that amount of money, it's like, I guess you would want someone to take care of the house. Because like, if you're making that kind of money, you're not going to be home to take care of the house. No. And if you are home, you don't want to do it yourself. No. So it's like... In that respect, I get the idea of wanting someone to take care of the house, but it, my God, just what a different world. It's really something I, I don't think I'll ever experience in my lifetime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath on me either. It's
0: not. I mean, you never know. You could, you could write a bestseller and, and move into a castle and have servants.
1: <laughs> That'd have to be a hell of a
0: bestseller. <laughs> I mean, it's been done. You can't say it hasn't been. You know George R. R. Martin and and uh, She Who Will Not Be Named have have written huge, huge books that I'm sure. I'm sure if she wanted it, J.K. could have. Uh, could have servants. Wasn't she a billionaire? Yeah, she
1: is a billionaire. She gives. I thought she gave it away. She, she gives a great deal of her money away
0: yeah not to not to inclusive women's groups but, no, but she does apparently give it away she
1: does give it away mostly to children's charities i believe And
0: i mean good honor for that i suppose
1: i'm not saying it redeems her in any way i'm just no. saying that she does do that
0: yeah i'm just saying to be fair like if you give money to a children's charity that's a good thing i can't you know, fault it is. you for it's that absolutely a but good thing. I, I i don't approve of her trans exclusionary uh viewpoints that all of this is to say that's not at all what we came here <laughs> to talk about today. What else is new with you?
1: Um again, I think the most exciting thing that's happened to me this week was going to the escape room with mm. you guys this afternoon. Did you have fun? I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's an experience.
1: It's just we we were eight people and all of us are very intelligent people and all of us are very okay. curious people. Mm-hmm. So, you have eight people who love puzzles in a room that is nothing but puzzles. Mm. And you're going to get frustration. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to get shouting over each other. It just... It was a lot. It was very hectic.
0: It's (laughs) chaos. It was fun. But it's fun, but it's definitely chaos. Yeah. There's definitely a bit of chaos. It's stressful fun. Stressful fun. (laughs) (laughs) We did actually finish we did b- b- although there was <laughs> there were extenuating circumstances there was a, a a mistake that was made by one of the f- the what's what's the mechanical functions in the room and so we were given 10 minutes extra time or so or f- yeah i think it was closer minutes. to 15 um but because we lost that time earlier so if we had yeah. not lost the time earlier we would have finished on time and beaten the game yes we would have so i'm calling it a win (laughs) yeah no totally it's totally a win we did win we i i had a lot of fun we we definitely did have a great time we went to a place called 13th hour uh up in wharton yeah new jersey i think it was yes and it was a lot of fun the rooms there are great if you're if you're listening and you're in new jersey definitely uh head on up there it's a it's a fun place to go they've got a bunch of rooms for different size groups and uh we really enjoyed it so here's your free advertisement uh 13th hour if you'd like to send a check (laughs) feel free (laughs) um yeah but we had fun we did our our escape room i love doing escape rooms
1: this is only the second one i've ever done and i'm yeah because we did that one in montclair Montclair, and i haven't done one since
0: then there's a good one in red bank Okay. Um and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but the one in Red Bank was a ton of fun. Uh I've done it several times because they changed the theme and the right. and the puzzles a bunch. Um I've done it several times. I did it once with Actually I've done it twice with David's family, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I've done it one other time. I can't remember who with. Maybe Jess? Okay. No, it wasn't Jess. I really can't remember. It was like David and maybe some friends. I It's hard to say. But yeah. every time I've been there, it's been a lot of fun. We always, we always enjoy ourselves when we go. Uh, I love doing escape rooms. And I know that there's one in my town now, but I've never been. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't look very uh, impressive from the outside. Okay. So... Who knows? Maybe it's really great. I, you know, I wonder if if we could do the one here in town. That would be fun. Yeah, I would do that. Uh, I've been up to a bunch of other stuff recently myself. I've been working a lot and and doing a lot of crazy shit. David unfortunately has not been feeling well. He does not have COVID, <laughs> but he is <laughs> he I, he was just working so hard for so long that I think his body just like was like okay <laughs> we're going to take a break mandatory <laughs> mandatory break and so he hasn't been feeling well uh and i i felt really bad because you know he i i obviously it, it sucks that he's sick but he has a nice long weekend this weekend and he's been enjoying himself and i've been doing a lot of running around getting groceries and and things like that and you know making sure everything was taken care of in the house and i had kind of a funny experience. Oh. So I went down to uh the grocery store to get stuff just for the house. I got, you know, groceries for me and uh like I got him Gatorade and mm-hmm. some you know m- medicinal things and I had kind of a crazy thing happen when I got back into my building. I was carrying my groceries and I uh, you know when you're carrying groceries all you're thinking about is getting yeah. back home and putting them down and so i had these bags of groceries in my hands i pressed the elevator button i went up to my floor and you've seen my floor it or my building it looks a little bit like the shining yeah <laughs> <laughs> but each each entry door to every apartment is kind of in like a little alcove it's like a, a very small little little alcove mm-hmm. and i got off the elevator and i turned to go down the hallway and I was walking down the hallway. And I, you know how when you're walking with bags, sometimes you like stare at the floor. Yeah. And so I I had been doing that and I I was like just getting, I was like maybe one or two doors before my door. And I looked up and as I was looking up, I saw um, what looked like a hand like curved around one of the Alcoves. alcoves. yeah. And, like, as I looked up, it, like, pulled, it, like, receded into the alcove. Oh. Oh, no. And I was like, well, that's not fun. <laughs> um, and Yeah, so, that's, that's not good. Yeah, I had to walk by that alcove to get to my door. And so I continued walking. And as I did, I didn't have headphones on or anything. I, like, I didn't hear anyone there. So I continued walking and there was no one in that alcove. And of the door not. had not opened or closed or locked or anything, like I would have heard it. Yeah. Um and I was like, huh. <laughs> well, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be Halloween time. <laughs> it must we must be getting a little closer to Samhain. Because uh I I can't remember the last time something like that happened to me in this building.
1: I mean, that's that's impressive. That's an apparition. That's not <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like, clearly this is what it was. It seemed like that was what it was to me, because that's what I saw, or I think I saw. I interpreted it that way, and I think I was right, but Mm -hmm. who knows? I did see what I think is a ghost in the hall. (laughs) But... (laughs) And a creepy one at that. Yeah, and like really, kind of being not cool. Like, I don't yeah. mind ghosts if they're like, like everybody's hanging around. We get it. Like, do your thing, girl. Have at it. But I just would like them to be a little less spooky. Like, don't be hanging <laughs> it's the around. Only
1: time I've ever heard you say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't be so spooky. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't like things that are trying to fuck with me. Yeah, that's that's fair. In right. actuality, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if I'm in a haunted house, I expect things to fuck with me. But I I tend not to. I tend to prefer not to be spooked by actual Spook. spooks, <laughs> actual ghosts I should yeah. say. Because uh I di- I did want to actually say on on the podcast someone wrote into me um and let me know in, in a very uh friendly but informative way I had never thought of it but spook is a, uh, a oh shit. Uh, it is yeah. technically a a racial uh, it is a derogatory term. And so I I do try not to use that word anymore.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, it's fine. It's fine. It was not a, it was not an angry letter. But um no but I <laughs> I know Well, <laughs> and because to me it's like that that word has always it's, had a very yeah. specific meaning and I I did not have the the conno- I did not put together the connotation of this is right. this other thing. And so uh yeah I just have made an effort not to not to do that anymore. But um yeah I don't like it when ghosts fuck with me because I'm <laughs> like I don't need I don't need to be uh I don't need to be scared that way. <laughs> and honestly like in the moment, it wasn't that scary. It was more like, "Huh, well, somebody's hanging around out here. um and i I didn't really do anything about it. I do suppose it's probably about time for me to update my wards in the apartment, but <laughs> do you ever do you ever renew your your shit in your house?
1: Yeah, we do it once a year. do you? Yeah,
0: What time of year?
1: Uh, usually around in bulk, so
0: January. Mm. Mm. And in bulk is probably the best time to do it. Uh, I just tend to be working and getting frazzled and I forget. So yeah. I usually end up doing it sometime in the summertime. It's usually that's usually when it happens for me. It might happen a little later this year. It might be right around <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had an apparition in your house?
1: When we were living in the apartment.
0: Yeah, I, I remember stuff from the apartment.
1: Yeah, um, not in the house. Mm. The house, I've never seen anything. Um, And as I've said a couple of times, like I've even, like my office used to be in the basement and I know the basement, other people find the basement scary. Like I never felt- I think felt, it's
0: creepy as fuck. I never felt uncomfortable down there. It's not that I feel uncomfortable down there. I feel uncomfortable more at like the top of the steps. Okay. And I don't know why. Is it because you
1: can't see around the corner?
0: I who knows? Okay. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just dark and a little creepy. It's very it's like stone. Yeah. And so it 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 is a bit creepy to me. That's I don't that's like fair. if when we have a fire going outside and everyone's mm-hmm. sitting outside by the fire, if I come in to use the bathroom, it's always a little creepy to me when I'm in the house alone yeah. to walk by the basement stairs to get back outside. Okay. I don't know why. That's fine. It I don't think there's anything in your basement.
1: No, I mean the worst you're gonna find down there is a cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say the cats hang down there a lot. I feel like they wouldn't if there was anybody down there.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think they would they would hang out quite as much if there was like something something creepy.
0: Have you ever had a spooky uh experience in your house at all? Not really. Like How old is your house?
1: 1933?
0: So people have probably died in it.
1: Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but like I said, I've never felt anything. I've never seen anything. I mean, to be fair, it's also warded to shit. So I mean... Well, that's true. Like, who knows? But...
0: You also don't have, like, cemeteries or anything too close to you.
1: No. No, not really. There's... There's a very old one about fifteen minutes from our house but it's not it's not what I would consider close
0: no I wouldn't call that any real proximity no honestly um yeah your house doesn't creep me out much nope I would love to have a house I wouldn't even mind if it was a little <laughs> bit spooky I don't mind a little bit of spook although there are nights obviously when either David is home alone or I'm home alone I I don't think I'd want to be home alone in a spooky house.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm just remembering, like, even in the apartment, like, I did not like to be alone. Really? Yeah, no, I.
0: But you worked all that out.
1: Yeah, we, we warded the shit out of it and it stopped.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Patty and Trish came over and.
0: <laughs> well, and there, I mean there were other helped
1: us lay down the law a little bit.
0: Yeah, there. I was going to say there were other extenuating circumstances. I think, but again, yeah. they were addressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't get into the details of no. it, but uh, there, there were, there were extenuating circumstances. Yes, <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, yeah. So that was that was probably the creepiest thing to happen to me this week. Do you ever find? Around this time of year is when it starts getting a little creepier for you.
1: I'm a very anxious person, so all year long is Halloween to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Once it starts to get a little cooler, once the sun starts to go down a little earlier, it it feels different. Definitely. Yeah. Like even just, especially before daylight savings time, when like when I was working at the courthouse, you know, you would leave at four thirty in the afternoon, and the sun was already down. Like yeah. that walk to your car felt a little spooky.
0: Yeah, I mean, even walking around at night in this town, like I never feel unsafe because I, I think I, I really like my town. I, li- I like the people here are very kind. I, I've never had a really terrible experience in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely something eerie about it. I suppose <laughs> at night, um, and. If I'm walking around, I probably won't listen to one of my spookier podcasts. Yeah. Um there's a uh, there's a really great podcast called Spooked. Have you ever heard of it? Uh no. It's really really great. It's by um I think Luminary is the name of the production company. Okay. Um but it's a lot of fun. I was just listening to one of their uh, episodes today because obviously this is their time of year <laughs> yeah um and it's a really great podcast if you're listening you'd probably enjoy it so go check it out uh yeah I, I i i do like do you listen to any scary podcasts
1: not really because again i'm a very nervous person and i don't need that
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> even like, the fictional <laughs> ones i'll
1: listen to like audiobooks but mm. i as a general rule don't I'll also be completely honest. I don't listen to that many podcasts. Really? Really. Like, I don't have a commute anymore. I don't, like, spend an hour on the treadmill anymore because I'm doing this other thing. So, and even then I was listening to audiobooks. Mm. So, you know, I've been using up my Audible credits instead of working out my podcast library.
0: You know, the problem is, I tend to use my Audible credits very quickly, and so Mm -hmm. I don't. Well, you do a lot of driving. Well, yeah, that's the problem. Um, I found also a a podcast today that's kind of like a horror fiction podcast. I believe, I believe it's fiction. I only listened to one episode. It was called Staircase, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was not about an owl. (laughs) It was, um, it's. A podcast called Knife Point Horror. Okay. I I believe. Let me double check that. Um, but it 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 was relatively yeah, Knife Point Horror. It was a relatively good podcast. It's a horror fiction. And the story was good. This story was like touted as one of their better ones. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Okay. I didn't think it was like you know fuck me this is great but uh right. i i enjoyed it generally speaking okay i i would recommend it if you're listening i think you would enjoy knife point horror there's also obviously the classics like um anything ghost and uh uh what's it called no sleep no sleep podcast mm-hmm. is another fictional one um yeah. So I would say uh, those are my, those are my usuals. I, I listen to almost nothing but podcasts, which I think is why I was so excited about starting one because I was like, oh, <laughs> that's fun. I like to, I like to listen to them so much. I, I will say it's hard to find good horror podcasts. Okay. Harder than you would think, considering the expansiveness of the, of the genre.
1: I mean, I, I have a hard time with with fiction podcasts as a general rule, like finding good ones.
0: Why is that? And
1: I don't think I can't really f- figure out why.
0: I think it's just. I would think you would love it because you read so much fiction and and fan fiction and things like that. I would think that. Uh, I would think that uh, fictional podcasts would be right up your alley.
1: They should be. But like I said, I don't listen to that many podcasts to start with, and I have stories coming at me from so many other angles. It's like I, mm. I don't need it.
0: So- you know what we should do? Once a month, we should just make our podcast of an avenue for for us to read horror fiction. <laughs> Everyone's like don't do that. Um but yeah, I that I I like the the fiction podcasts. I tend to enjoy them. I did listen to another podcast this week that I hated. Um <laughs> it was called Something Was Wrong. Okay. And David had recommended it to me and he really enjoyed it. I think this was just a difference of opinion, but He really enjoyed it. He said that I should listen to it because we listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, Mm -hmm. but this is not a true crime podcast. This is... Yeah, okay. uh, It's... Yeah. Sorry. Um, This is (laughs) more of a nothing really happens podcast. I mean... Like, no crime was committed. Okay. Basically, it's the story of like this girl, Sarah, which is kind of fitting for the, the conversation today. Um, was dating a guy who ended up being. I mean, I guess, I guess abusive is the right word, but it's not like he wasn't physically abusive to her, it was more like manipulative and. Right emotionally manipulative okay and so that that inspired this third person who had heard the story to like she, she was like oh my god this has to be a podcast and they produced it on um uh what is it something Chuck uh th- the the one that crime junkie is on they, um, their audio Chuck okay um they produced it on audio Chuck and so I was like, oh, it's on audio check. It must be a true crime. Like, this must be a really interesting story. And this girl was like, when I heard this story, I knew I had to make a podcast. Bah, 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 bah. And she had never made one before. And so I kept listening, thinking like, oh, this is going to end up being some crazy story. And it's like nothing. I want to say nothing that crazy happened because it it is like it is a story about how people and especially women um, are affected by like the commonality of uh, not commonality, the um, uh, regularness of abuse Mm -hmm. and manipulation. Okay. But like, it wasn't like some crazy story. And so I suppose it would be a more interesting story for people who have experienced something like that. Although if I'm being honest, I think I did experience something like that and still didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like the story never really went anywhere that crazy. It was okay. like, I kept listening being like, okay, so when does the, like, when does the part that made you go, Oh my God, people have to hear this happen. And then it turned out that I had heard it and it was like, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I suppose, and like I said, there may be people out there who really enjoy it. I, I, it, I won't be judgmental if you if you did, but I personally found it to be a bit tedious.
1: Well, I'm sorry that.
0: Have you ever listened to something like that where you're like, "God," or like read a book where you're like, "Maybe the next page is when it gets good. Maybe the <laughs> next page is when it gets good."
1: It's It's been a while. I've been very careful. Mm. Um, I tried reading, and I feel so bad even saying this. I, I don't have... I did not have a do-not-finish pile until I hit this book. <laughs> like...
0: What book is it?
1: It's called The Queens of Ennis Lear. It is... I should have liked it. It was a King Lear retelling as a high fantasy novel. Okay, which is With right up my yes, which is right up my alley. Okay, like I was expecting to fucking love this book. Okay, the problem <laughs> was that the prose was so fucking dense that I was having trouble understanding what she was saying. Mm. And like, listen i write fantasy i know that there's there's a certain elevation of language in some instances but like (laughs) this one was like turning sentences into pretzels and it's
0: like (laughs) i just i just could not do it like needed a tom tom just to get through the book it's just i i don't know what it was and i even read like five
1: chapters of it like i met all of the all of the pov characters like It wasn't like I didn't give this thing a chance. I tried twice. Really? Yeah. I tried to read this book twice because I felt terrible because also I had bought it in hardcover. So I'm sitting here going, Mm. I spent 20 bucks on this book, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I mean, that's how much I liked the premise, but like, and I I feel bad even talking about it because somebody spent years of their life making this thing. Right. And I
0: mean, maybe.
1: And probably just hammered against it over and over and over again, trying to make it perfect. And here I am looking at this, going like, "I can't."
0: Yeah, but but that's the thing. You have to like, you have to think. Because I remember in the an episode of this podcast I was listening to, they basically said the same thing. They were like, "You know, there's been a lot of criticism of this podcast, and blah 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 blah. But you know, where's your podcast? How many hours have you spent doing this? Blah 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 blah." And it's like. Yes and no. Yes, I think we should be respectful of other people's, let's say, quote unquote, art. But part of making art is people's reception of it. You know what I mean? Actually, a large part of making art is people's reception of it. And so I don't believe in being cruel to artists, but I also don't think artists can can say, well, who are you to judge me? It's like, well, you gave this to me. You gave this to the world and said, read this and and have it and take it and, and do what you will with it or listen to it. It's like, that's why we do it. We do it to give it to people so that they will they will have an experience with it. And we can't control people's experience with the things we give them.
1: No, I, I mean, that makes sense. I just...
0: And she might love it. And honestly, I'm, I'm I hope sure she, she does.
1: does. I hope she does too. And I mean, I've seen people praise this book up and down. Like she got a hundred positive reviews. Like this was a very popular book when it came out. And like, I'm, I'm happy for her for that, but it just wasn't for me. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just was not the book that I wanted it to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because it was garbage. It was- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, there is such a bad thing as such a thing as bad art. So you know,
2: I mean, I would. am not
0: saying hers is, but I am saying it was that not it does to exist. my taste. <laughs> it's a very diplomatic way of putting it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I am very much the kind of person I'm not afraid to say I think some art is bad, because. I don't think you learn anything by not being told when your art is bad. And I don't think that for some reason, everyone fancies themselves creative. You know what I mean? And so if if someone says you're not good at math, most people go, yeah, I'm really not. But if you say you're not a good singer, people go, oh my God, how could you say that? Bah, 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 bah. And it's like, well... You don't have to be a good singer to enjoy it. You can still sing, but it doesn't mean you should be doing it for a living. But for some reason, no one ever tells people when they're not good at something to the point where they will say like, you shouldn't be doing this, which is why usually, actually almost every time when I, when I see something and I'm like, or I see someone and I say, like, there's a difference between seeing someone's work and saying, you still have a long way to go before this gets to where it should be, and seeing something and going, you should not be pursuing this as, like, a career. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I th- I think there's a, there's a lack of honesty in the arts.
1: I mean, I think that's fair. I think that. Again, using this specific example, I don't think there was anything wrong with what she did.
0: I'm not saying she was a bad writer i'm I just went on a tangent,
1: okay it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know i just i have I have a really hard time looking at someone else and looking at something that they put a lot of effort into and going, "Yeah, that's shit. Like I have a really hard time doing that I don't I know. <laughs>
0: And I'll tell you why. Because there have been plenty of times I put a lot of time into something and people told me it was shit. And it ended up being that it was shit. And it's like, well, okay, on to the next thing. What can you do? Sometimes your hard work just doesn't pay off the way you want it to. It doesn't necessarily mean that it won't pay off in other ways. But again, it's like, I've seen a lot of people do bad karaoke and that's fine. But I wouldn't expect them to be given a record deal, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And if you're being published, I don't know. To me, that's like that's like getting a record deal. You no, know, it is. And so it's like I don't see anything wrong with this with this person writing this book and putting it up on Tumblr or or Blogspot or or self publishing it or whatever. But. If it's nonsensical and if it's not, like, really that impressive, why, like, why, why, why put the weight on someone's bookshelf? I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's how I feel about it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You get so uncomfortable with these conversations. I, I
2: just, I don't
1: know. I don't like.
0: You're not shitting on that person. You're, I, But, I, you know, art is subjective. And I understand that. But there is also such a thing as bad art. And I think that one of the things that frustrates me the most, especially I see this happening in the conversation in the drag community now, is people are like, well, all drag is valid. And it's like, yes, all drag is valid. But that doesn't mean all drag is good. You know what I mean? Right. And there's this conversation now where it's like, it's all about not hurting people's feelings. And... I think hurting people's feelings for the sake of hurting their feelings is bad, but I think telling people when the work they're doing is not quality is is useful. You're not saying it to hurt someone's feelings, but I don't think that I don't think that lying to people and telling them that their work is good is good either. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? what do, What do they get out of that? A false sense of of accomplishment or a false sense of uh. I, I don't know security. Secu- I don't want to say security, but it's like, I, I, I almost entitlement. Okay. Like it's like if if you can say you're a published author, that's that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. But if the book is not good, it seems a bit like well, <laughs> what was that worth? You know yeah. what I mean? Because then you're officially in the ranks of great authors. You're officially in the ranks of great singers if you get a record deal and you're a bad singer and it's like, well, that seems silly. <laughs> that's that, that's stupid to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm
0: I think it's cuz you're not published yet that you feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> And I say yet because I do honestly believe that you will be. But uh, all of this is to say, this week I went to GameStop. (laughs) And um, I had quite an experience there. I mentioned this in the Mm mini-sode. And I I did not tell the story of what happened. But I did. It's really not even that exciting a story. I went to GameStop because uh, Jess had told me that she was getting rid of their VR component for their ps4 yeah and i was like oh i've been actually thinking of getting one but they're so fucking expensive they're like five hundred dollars yeah did you yeah. know that and they're, they're very expensive so i couldn't really bring myself to buy one but when jess said she was getting rid of hers that the kids used to use um i was like oh well if you're getting rid of it i'll take it and she's like okay you can do that but they the only thing you'll have to get is the camera because the the vr camera uh zach still uses right and so i was like okay i can do that so i it dawned on me i was like oh my god we still have one because i had bought one during the pandemic to try to um i I was considering streaming and Mm -hmm. then uh decided against it and then i thought oh i think i think we gave it away so i called david while i was out running errands and i was like did we give away the camera and um he was like, he was like, I think so. I think I remember doing it. And he was at home. (laughs) And so, uh, I I was like, okay, I think we did too. Let me, let me run into GameStop. So I go into GameStop. They had the VR game I wanted, which was, uh, Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And and so I bought it. It was $17 because it was an old game and it was whatever. So I, I bought the game and then I was like, do you guys have the VR camera? And he was like, no, you might have to go to like a retro gaming oh boy. store to find it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I know the PS5 just came out, but like there's four games. So do you think maybe we could like keep producing <laughs> some things and selling them for the PS4? I was like, this is not an outdated system. Not yet, <laughs> Most no. people are still using it because the PS5 can't be... found like no one can find it or buy it or use it and once you buy it there's two games so it's like maybe (laughs) playstation we could like keep this going for a little bit longer it just it was like the perfect venting moment because i was like i was like well do you have it online he was like no and i was like can i get it in a big box store he was like probably not and i was like so what you're telling me is i have to go to a retro gaming store or I have to get this on eBay for three times the price. And he was like, yeah, probably. And I was like, why are people like this? (laughs) Why is everyone just a bag of shit? (laughs) That was my... That was was the GameStop story. That was my GameStop story. (laughs) It's just so frustrating to me. It's like things go out of style so quickly now. And scalpers just like... they, They buy everything. The other day... I went to buy um I I went to buy I bought, I should say. I bought two bottles of white tea and sage body mist from Bath and Body Works right. because it's such a, a a pleasant perfume that I was going to give it to a friend of mine uh, as a gift because she mm-hmm. loves the the scent and I was going to keep one for myself because I really like it. So I I bought two bottles off of bathandbodyworks.com. I got The box in the mail, there was one bottle in it. And I was like, what the fuck? Then it turns out they had only charged me for one because they were out of stock. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they're in stock at one of the stores. They are not in stock at any of the stores. Went totally out of stock. And so I was like, okay, so here's a hot selling item that you have made seasonal. It's seasonal? I suppose because when i went to the store to ask the the girl about it, she said that uh they had taken it off seasonally but that it might be coming back with new packaging and i was like what this is not a seasonal scent no this it's is not pumpkin
1: a very basic scent actually it's yeah. my favorite bath and body works
0: scent mine as well well one of mine i should say and um and I was like, why do manufacturers always fucking do this? It's like, if something's selling well, they immediately let it go out of stock. And then, of course, you go on eBay and someone has 10 of them and they're selling them on eBay for $30 a bottle. And it's like, go fuck yourself. I think you should be put in jail. <laughs> I honest to God think that. Like, I know you did. If you are a scalper, if you are someone who does this shit, I think you should go to prison for the rest of your life. I don't even think... I think you should be ineligible for parole. I think when you get to prison, (laughs) they should cover you in leeches and light you on fire. And just, like... I think you are a piece of shit. I just don't... I don't understand, like, the effort...
1: You have to go through to get all this shit. And, and then, imagine
0: doing that with PS5s when they're like almost a thousand fucking dollars. Right? You probably spent like $10,000. And you're hoping
1: that some parent is desperate enough to give you $1,600.
0: Yeah. You're not even guaranteed.
1: Yeah, no, you could be totally fucked.
0: You'd have to be like selling them out of the back of a car in Wyckoff. <laughs> like, who who gives a shit? I, and it's like, it just makes me so angry because I'm like, you are walking garbage. Uh, just a worm-infested sack of slimy shit. You are, a, you are diarrhea with lungs. That is all you are if you are a scalper. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've done it before, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> because that's what they did with the VR cameras. That's how we got here. Um, yeah. When people started streaming like crazy over the pandemic, people went out and bought like 10 and 15 of the fucking cameras to then upcharge them. And so now nobody can get their hands on them, even the people who just want to play with the uh, with the fucking VR. It's mm-hmm. like go fuck yourself. I hope you get eaten by flies. <laughs> I ha- I have no shortage of things I hope happen to scalpers. Oh my all of this is to say... We're, oh my god, we're 46 minutes in. Are you for um, fucking real? Yes, I am. Uh, all of this is to say, welcome back to another episode of My <laughs> Spooky Gay Family. <laughs> we are back with the 13 weeks of Halloween. We have a very special episode for you today. We are discussing one of my new preferred movies. I won't say favorites. It's not. It's definitely not a favorite, but it is definitely... A an enjoyable movie. It is one that I think really captures the essence of the Halloween season, and it is one that I enjoy a lot. Okay. Do you not agree? (laughs) No, No, I'm sorry. I'm
1: still boggling at the length of the tangent we went on at the beginning of this episode.
0: (laughs) You know, I think the tangents are well worth it. Okay. Um, we are jumping into a PG-13 horror movie today. Uh, It came out in 2019, and it is the now-famous Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I'm very excited to be discussing this movie because I really, really do enjoy it. Uh, Like I said, it came out in 2019. It was directed by Andre Ovredal, who I have never... I don't... I've never been conscious of before. I shouldn't say I've never seen their work before, but I've, I've never noticed that i was watching that work before if i have it was written by dan hegeman and uh kevin hegeman and it was uh the story was by guillermo del toro if you couldn't tell in the production of this of this film uh i would say guillermo probably had uh, a heavy hand in the process not that that's a bad thing i really enjoy guillermo del toro's work it stars Zoe Margaret Colletti, it stars Michael uh, Garza, Gabriel Rush, and Austin Zajour, as well as other people. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, of course, based on the, I'm going to say infamous... Uh, book series from when we were children. If you're listening to this and you were born after the year 2000, you were not a child for these books. But uh, when we were children, it was uh, the book series, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, that was written by the uh, amazing, amazing, amazing Alvin Schwartz and was originally illustrated by Stephen Gamal. And uh, those books have been in production since the 80s, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's what it said. I think it was 81 was the first time uh, they were published. And these were like, these books were infamous. You could not go to school and say, uh, has anyone here read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and not see, like, like everyone's hands were down because everyone read these books. yeah, And everyone was scared to fucking death <laughs> by the, the illustrations <laughs> in them. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you encountered these books?
1: Uh, Yes, it was at a sleepover. I think I was like eight years old.
0: And someone else introduced you to them?
1: Yes, someone else had a copy of them.
0: Did you read them together?
1: Yes. Um, I actually, the, the story that they read is actually in the movie. Really? Yeah, they did the, the the spider one. No, the me tie doddy walker one. Oh. Which in the book is one of those stories where you finish it's it like and funny. you and you ju- no, where you finish it and you like jump at somebody
0: kind of oh. thing to scare them. I thought it was one of those ones where it's like me tie doddy walker, but it's like it, it ends up being like they're saying something funny, like the Viper.
1: No, it's not like that. Because the
0: Viper was one too. Yeah, right? the Viper was always <laughs> I good. am the Viper. I come to vipe your windows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no this one was it's
1: played straight Um, why were they
0: saying me Dottie walker i don't know i can't remember
1: i think it had something to do with because these books are amalgamations um i can't think of the right word now Um, and the
0: brain has farted
1: (laughs) (laughs) um we have officially collections of folklore that alvin schwartz compiled yes so i i think that I, I want to say this one was from, like, Tennessee, because I remember I looked it up.
2: Mm.
1: But um. either way, this thing was played completely straight. It happens virtually the same as it does in the film. It's the dog barking at the fireplace mm-hmm. and the head comes down. Yeah. But, yeah, at the end of it, you're supposed to, like, jump at your friend and scare them
0: kind mm. of thing. It has kind of a telltale heart feeling to it.
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: It's got kind of a, uh, was that Edgar Allan Poe? Yes. Yeah. It has kind of a Poeian feeling. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you describe something that is of Poe? I, I guess
1: Poeian. I guess. I, I mean, Po-ian. I guess you could.
0: Poetician. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting a bit punchy now. I don't know if you noticed. Uh. Yeah, I, I I, definitely think that story in particular has kind of a, a telltale heart feel. But I, I do love that story. I love... I think the Viper is probably one of my favorites. The no, the most, Viper is good. The most memorable one to me is probably the spiders, which also yeah. makes an appearance in this movie. Poor Ruthie. Yeah, poor Ruthie. <laughs> poor Ruthie. Because... Everyone has watched Dr. Pimple Popper and been like, oh my God. I have not. <laughs> Never?
1: Never. Because I, don't I know enjoy myself. It. It I don't
0: enjoy it. so gross. And I I don't watch it. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I find it so satisfying to watch. And I think it's fucking nasty. No. Um, it's disgusting. Ugh. And uh, you should be ashamed. But <laughs> this, that, that instinct is... Innate, I think, in most people, to like, yeah. oh, I have this, like, oh, I gotta get this out. Like, there's a yeah. an intruder in my face, and I need to get, <laughs> I need to get the intruder out of my face. Um, and I, I think that that story probably fucked with a lot of young people. Um, but I, I do, I, I, I appreciate you saying what you said about Alvin Schwartz because it really was a collection of of local folklore to different places and there were stories that came from th- there were native stories there were um Mexican stories there were uh Southern American stories there were uh not South America but Southern USA stories um all over the country all over the country and the continent um these these stories kind of came to Alvin Schwartz and he, retold them, and even credited the original uh, stories and the original folklore, which I think is such an amazing thing. He was almost a journalist in a strange way. Almost, yeah. There was a really great documentary about uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that was on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's still there, but... um, I believe it is because it popped up when I
1: went to bring the movie up today.
0: Really? If if you get a chance and you're listening to this, go watch the documentary because it is so, so, so amazing. It talks all about the origination of the stories, about the origination of the illustrations and about the number of times these books were banned. Yes. These books were really, really uh, not well received by adults in the 80s. Obviously, we were in the midst of Satanic Panic, and so anything creepy was kind of on the outs, but these were, like, particularly scary. But they were written for children. They were kids' books. Yeah. They were made accessible to kids, and kids loved them. And, and this book series inspired everything from Goosebumps to uh, uh, Fear Street Fear Street to, uh, what's the other one? It's Goosebumps Adjacent.
1: Goosebumps Adjacent.
0: Um, why can't i think of the title of this book series i don't know it'll come to me but um what were you going to say
1: um no i was going to say because one of the, the funny things is and even when i was a little kid like the stories aren't particularly scary it's the illustrations
0: no, the the illustrations were really what was scary about them and even in in the movie you see the nod to like native folklore when one of the stories is called the wendigo yeah and that is uh very much a native american folklore story about a a monster creature creature spirit spirit of the woods um and there's a really great movie coming out that i believe is guillermo del toro i think it is Um, yeah i saw a a trailer for it when we went to see Candy Candyman. Man. Yeah. And it looks really good. I'm very excited for it. But I'm pretty sure that there, that there is a scary stories to tell in the dark about the Wendigo. There and, is. Yeah. And again, it's like here you have native stories being told and credited to native people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of my favorite things about Alvin Schwartz. He really was like, a proponent of getting folklore to kids and letting them experience it in a fun way. And in a he was never talking down to kids. No. It was it was fun for kids and it was interesting, but it was in I don't want to say informative, because <laughs> it that makes it sound like uh what's her name on Nickelodeon, the newswoman. Do you remember? It always used to come on everyone would be like, click. Oh, What's her name? Is it
1: Linda Ellerby?
0: Linda Ellerby. <laughs> he was not Linda Ellerby. I liked Linda Ellerby. Yeah, I know you did. You were a little lesbian. <laughs> what does that have
2: to do with anything? It's she looks like she was just on. like
0: Rachel Maddow. She looks just like Rachel Maddow. If Rachel Maddow was a housewife in the 80s, Linda Ellerby was the first lesbian on Nickelodeon.
2: Okay.
0: Followed shortly by Lori Beth Dinberg. I'm assuming. I have no I- idea. Do you okay. think Lori Beth is a lesbian?
1: I have not the faintest clue. <laughs> she, and she's I have probably never married to like a gorgeous it.
0: man. I I have no idea. I have no idea. But I always got the impression that she was a lesbian. Okay. She's funny, so she must be a lesbian. <laughs> All funny women are lesbians. <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, I I will say I do love lesbian comedians.
1: You've mentioned before. I've mm-hmm.
0: mentioned. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, Scary Story Tell in the Dark is uh based on on that book series, The Amazing, Amazing Book Series by Alvin Schwartz. And this movie came out in 2019. It was really a love letter to these books, and I think really fit the tone yeah. of the book series. Uh general opinions, what did you think?
1: Um <clears throat> I remember when I saw this the first time being a little disappointed that it was PG-13. I mean, obviously, it's geared toward kids. Older kids, but kids. Yeah. Um, I remember being a little surprised at some of the content considering that it was aimed at older kids. How do you uh, mean? Like, the Vietnam
0: storyline oh, yeah. seemed a little weird to me. <laughs> also, while we're on the topic, this, was, this is literally one of my last notes, but we're gonna get yeah. it out of the way right at the top. Uh, Ramon... Yeah, who is one of the heroes of this story? I would argue that um, that uh, I keep wanting to call her, call her Shelby. Um, Stella. Stella is the hero. Yeah, I suppose. But Ramon is a draft dodger, and that is how he ends up in this little town. And then in the end, he faces his fear, the Dottie Walker. Yeah. And proves that he is not uh, a A coward. coward. Yeah. And so then he enlists. And then he goes goes to to Vietnam. Vietnam. And I was like, I don't know if this is a happy ending.
1: That was kind of my feeling. It's also like, at the risk of sounding like an asshole, I have absolutely zero disrespect for people who dodged the draft. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Like...
0: (laughs) Especially from Vietnam.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, it's... It's not... Ugh. Like, I, I don't know, the whole storyline makes me go, like, okay, but are you saying he would have been cowardly for him to not go to Vietnam? Because, Vietnam, <laughs> like, Vietnam was a fucking hellhole. It was a
0: hellhole and a failure. It
1: yeah, was, it, it was no, people like, dying left and right. Like, who the fuck reason? wouldn't be scared? And then he's like, and they sent my brother home in pieces. It's like, no wonder <laughs> this kid's fucking scared. Like, the, Vietnam's the scariest thing in the whole fucking movie.
0: I know. Like, I know. And it and. I th- I think for younger viewers it is less obvious because they might not have the context for a-, a war like Vietnam it's so far outside of their uh their understanding I mean our parents could have gone to Vietnam yes but it just is so like it felt so odd to me also while we're on the topic of him dodging the draft yeah can we discuss one other thing in this movie? And I, I promise I did not come here to complain about this movie because I actually really <laughs> did love it. But there was one thing. Th- there's one note that continuously appeared in my notes of this okay. movie. And it was, in all caps, how old are these people? <laughs> because he's dodging the draft. She looks like she's about 13. yeah. And, and they're, like, kind of a couple?
1: Yeah, there's definitely, like, insinuations.
0: And it's like, he's gotta be 18 if he's yeah, dodging the Yeah, he has to be at
1: least 18. And
0: none of the other ones can drive. And so you figure this is 1968. That means none of them can be 16. Right? Was the driving age 16? I'm guessing 1968? it was about 16 in 1968. I feel like it was probably
1: mm, Yeah, no, because even now it's, like, 17. I mean, right. there are
0: still states in the U.S. where 16 is yeah. the number. So then... And you can get your permit at 15 in most huh. states. Or maybe it's 16.
1: I think it's 16.
0: But either way, even, even if they were 16, <clears throat> it's like, I get that they jumped in your car and you didn't see this coming, but like, still a little weird. yeah. Because she looks like she's got, like, Algebra 1 homework to do tonight. (laughs) You know what I mean? If we're lucky, Algebra 1. Like, this might be fractions. (laughs) It's
1: it's one of those, like, part of this is also, it's always, for me, kind of hard to tell... Ages when we're dealing with teenage characters, because I'm so used to seeing 20-somethings playing teenagers that, like, if you put an actual teenager in a teenage role, they look much younger.
0: But I think most of these kids are... Yeah. ...older. You think? I think... I know at least one of them is. Because I was looking at uh the friend Augie, yeah. and I was like, something about him is not reading super young to me. Mm-hmm. And so I looked him up, and at the time of filming, I think he was, like, 20 okay um and i did not look up zoe margaret colletti who uh who played stella Stella, yeah um i don't know exactly i don't know exactly how old she is i'll let me do the research i'll tell you right now (laughs) but um she was the one who was a little more convincing to me like i was like I could see her being like 15. Yeah. She was born in 2001. (laughs) Okay, so she was 18. So let me shoot myself now. She was 18 at the time this came out. Yeah. But looks about 13, 12, maybe seven. (laughs) Who knows? She's definitely got a bit of a baby face.
1: Yeah, no, she definitely does. I probably would have put them at about 14 or 15. Like, if I had a.
0: That's how I felt. And I, I feel like they're all supposed to be like juniors or seniors in high school, but it's like none of them read that way. It looked like he was no. their babysitter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Laurie Strode would be very unproud of you, Ramon. <laughs> Although I like Ramon, I like yeah, no, him as I a like character. Too. But as a babysitter, not yeah, great. Yeah, not great. Not a great babysitter. <laughs> Uh, I did really love this movie. I I know I, we've been pointing out a lot of faults so far, but I do think this movie is really great. I really, I agree with you. The first time I saw this movie, maybe it just didn't meet my expectation of what it was going to be, but I don't, and I don't mean in terms of quality. I mean, in terms of content, like I expected it to be a lot scarier and it wasn't and i was like okay that's a little tough to deal with but on the rewatch i actually loved it a lot more did you feel that way
1: i liked the storyline better the mm-hmm. second time around because i remember the first time going kind of like okay i understand that you have to like tie all these together somehow but this yeah. is a weird narrative um i liked it better the second time around i don't know if that's just I knew it was coming so it wasn't like I wasn't trying to piece the story together so it didn't feel quite as forced. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I felt the same way the first time I watched it, but this time one of my one of my notes, even one of my early notes is that uh I really like the way that they tied the stories together because those books were not linear. No. They were not linear in any way. No. One story did not relate to no, any they were other collections. one. Um And so finding a way to tie them together must have been a bit challenging. Yeah. But on the rewatch, I actually appreciated it a lot more. I liked the story of Sarah Bellows. I liked liked the way they were tied together. And I, I found myself really kind of giving into it. I was like, okay, I'm actually kind of here for this. Mm-hmm. It was a creative way of doing it. I found it to be interesting. That house was beautiful. I would have lived well, in yeah. it haunted or not. <laughs> I, I seriously said, I was like, is it bad that I kind of want to live in the Bellows house? And is it worse that it's made better by the fact that there are like secret passages? Like, I want to get locked in the basement and I'm fine with it. I would live in Sarah Bellows' basement. I would do it. Wouldn't you? It looks like I your mean, basement was... now.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it was. it's a gorgeous house. It's very pretty.
0: I would love a house like that. I wish I could afford a house like that. (laughs) I want like an old mansion that just has bookcase doors and secret passageways and a creepy basement that leads to an underground river, which will take me to the Phantom's lair or some shit. I don't know. I don't know what I want. I was watching the original Lon Chaney Phantom the other night and it made me be like, huh, this would be fun. I would love to have an underground river with a with a gondola. <laughs> I think I'd be a pretty happy phantom, probably. I think I would. I'm putting it out into the universe, I would love to be the phantom of the opera. Okay. <laughs> Not on Broadway, I mean in real life. Yeah, yes, I, I want to live under the Paris Opera House and and float around in my gondola and terrorize <laughs> dancers and singers. <laughs> that's that's all I want. I don't want to look like that, but you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Okay. but anyway oh oh i also i forgot to mention i also watched this week the town that dreaded sundown Mm -hmm. have you seen it yes what did you think
1: several times i enjoy that movie
0: (laughs) i think for the intended reason
1: um i mean i don't think it's scary (laughs) but it's definitely a good time
0: It's definitely a good time, but I don't think in any way that they intended. Probably not. I don't think in any way that they intended. It's
1: kind of like, it's set up like it's a documentary, which is kind of weird.
0: (laughs) And it's like... And it's basically like Leatherface on Acid. Like kind The of. trombone kill is nonsense. Yeah, the trombone kills. It is high camp. Yes, it is. I think Joan Crawford would, <laughs> g- would give it a standing ovation. Gloria Swanson was like, I couldn't even do that. It is, this is high camp. He killed her by tying a knife... We're getting into the specifics of other movies. He killed her by tying a knife... Spoiler alert, this movie is 50 years old. By tying a knife to the end of a trombone... And then playing the trombone to stab her as she was tied to a tree. Yep. That is camp. Yes, it is. That is Camp Wanakiki camp. <laughs> um, But anyway. 46 minutes. <laughs> Do you want to know no, where we I are right I now? Don't <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Just keep going. No, you shouldn't know. This is going to be our first two-hour episode in, like, years. But, um... We, uh, what, what the hell were we talking about? We were talking about scary stories to so tell. Well, I not. know that, but what, <laughs> where, where were we in the conversation? I was saying that I, I did like the way they tied these stories together. I thought it was really creative. I liked the character of Sarah Bellows. I thought that it was fun to have her. Why are you laughing?
1: I'm laughing at the fact that it took us 46 minutes to get to this movie, and we <laughs>
0: and then we went on more tangents. Sorry, go ahead. Well, we're only at an hour ten now. Oh, so shit. <laughs> we, uh, I like that I like the character of Sarah Bellows. I thought she was a lot of fun. I thought it was a good way of tying the stories together. Because otherwise, how do you get all these stories to happen?
1: Yeah, I don't think that there's like this device works just as well as any uh, any other one that you could come up with i think it mm-hmm. and i don't think it's a particularly egregious one at that like it's it's a tie in and it works very well it does what it's supposed to do
0: yeah and and that's kind of what i like about it. i also like because one of the one of the questions we had about this movie was is this considered a halloween movie i'm going to go 100% yes and i'll tell okay. you why A, it's scary. So it's already in the Halloween realm. Mm -hmm. Then you have the story being propelled by Halloween. Yeah, Their experience on Halloween is what gets the story going. Obviously, um, you have Augie and Chuck and uh, Stella are trick-or-treating for what may be their last trick-or-treat. And uh, they attack... Tommy (laughs) and Ruthie and some other kid in their car. I guess Tommy likes to torture people as they're trick-or-treating. So they set up the bag with like smelly shit. I don't Mm -hmm. know what they put in the bag that he ends up stealing from them. I don't remember. But I do know that what they did next was throw eggs at his car. And then when he came back, they threw flaming bags of shit. (laughs) (laughs) into his car. And I was like, you know, everyone likes a good revenge story for a bully. (laughs) But even I was like, maybe that's a step too far.
1: Yeah, throwing shit on fire at someone (laughs) while they're driving is a little like... Flaming
0: shit into a moving vehicle is probably... Not the best choice. It's just wacky hijinks. It's kind of- <laughs> <laughs> wacky hijinks. Watch, they're going to smell and then they will explode. Because who knew they were driving a, a two-ton gas can. <laughs> Probably don't throw flaming shit at cars. Literally flaming shit at cars. Maybe we could have put it on a doorstep.
1: Yeah, little Billy Madison for you. Yeah, yeah.
0: give him a little Billy Madison. Any other way would have probably been appropriate granted tommy's an asshole so it's he like is. if he dies he dies who really cares ruthie's in the car yeah she's not an asshole um so i'm gonna say that one was a little like ooh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how we feel about this one but all of this is happening on halloween night after they do that they end up going to hide from tommy because he's going to literally murder them not that I'm that surprised because I would have done the same. They go to hide by hiding in Ramon's car at the drive through which cues you into the fact that this must have been the 60s because jumping in a stranger's car is really not a thing anyone does anymore. No. Uh, although, since it was the 60s, I, I think my only note was that, like, how lucky are they that it was Ramon and not, like, John Wayne? <laughs> k c uh like it was the sixties serial killers were really just wandering around pretty openly at the time, and so I having get togethers wearing buttons literally <laughs> serial killers anonymous um and so i i I applaud their gumption, but I would say maybe don't do that if you're ever running from a bully, don't jump into strangers' cars even if they have candy. And that propels them to go to the Bellows' house because Stella asks Ramon if he'd like to see a haunted house because it's Halloween. So I'm going with, yes, this is a Halloween movie. Yeah,
1: you no, know, I agree. I think just the fact that it takes place on Halloween certainly pushes it over the line. But it, it does have that kind of creepy fall feeling. I think especially the scene in the in the the cornfield um, definitely brings to mind Halloween time. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, no, it's totally a Halloween movie.
0: I actually said one of my favorite things, even from the first viewing of this movie, is that... And I, again, I know we talk about this every time, but it has that Halloween-y feel. The cinematography really nailed it. The colorist really nailed it. it. It... Feels very Halloweeny to me in the way that you want a Halloween movie to do. Mm-hmm. You get that feeling of the it has the trick or treat effect. Let's just from yeah. now on we're calling it the trick or treat effect because that is that is where it it lives the best. And I mm-hmm. think any movie that touches on that gets the the trick or treat effect. And I think <laughs> this movie does that. It absolutely plays to your love of the season. It's dark, it's spooky, it's chilly, it's uh, autumnal, you have the dead leaves, you have the... It's very uh, crisp, it's very cool, it's very um, dark, and I love that. I love that about this movie. It was honestly one of my... The first things I really loved about this movie was the tone, Mm -hmm. and I think, again, a lot of this can be contributed to not just uh uh andre ovidal the um the director but i think a lot of that can also be attributed to guillermo del toro i think we've seen a lot of his influence in the style of this movie
1: yeah definitely
0: so obviously we have said this movie is based on the book series and a lot of the ghost's and creatures, and effects, and things from the books are in this movie. Did you have a favorite?
1: I think my favorite is actually um, the woman from the Big Toe thing.
0: I was going to say the same um, thing.
1: <laughs> just because she looks exactly like the illustration.
0: I know. She's one of the only ones. I do think that the 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 fat lady, yeah. maybe I'm First, um, <laughs> does look a lot like the illustration in the She book. does, Yes. Um, Mumu, i fat, as Lady Bunny <laughs> likes to call her. Uh, but I think the the fat woman... I remember Zach saying the fat woman freaked him out. The, yeah, the she's woman creepy in the red room. looking. She's creepy looking. And I agree, she is creepy looking. I don't know if she scares me. I think the big toe lady, who has my big toe or where is my yeah. big toe, um, is scary to me. It was the yeah. only time in that movie, even seeing it in the movie theater, that I was like, ooh, like, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to see that hand around the corner. <laughs> or the or the foot. I'm missing a toe. No. Um, also, just the idea of Augie eating her toe is like, yeah, God, really like God, oh, God, the athlete's God. foot. Oh. Um, you know, who knows? She might have had toenail fungus. Oh. That can't be healthy. Uh, don't eat people's toes. <laughs> don't do it. And if you're going to, make sure they're very clean. <laughs> I, I think the big toe lady was probably my favorite. I think that scene was the scariest. Yeah. I thought uh Augie's death was the scariest, in mm-hmm. my opinion. No, I'll agree. And uh yeah, although I will say Tommy's death was satisfying.
1: Yeah, no, Tommy's death is very satisfying and it is creepy.
0: Very creepy. Harold's a <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, Harold is he not is messing a around. Creepy motherfucker. And I love him so so bizarre. I do love Harold, but um you know, I I my favorite part about that scene was the fact that he was turned into a scarecrow because I was like, "Oh, how unexpected." Because it's like he stabs him with the pitchfork and you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's that doesn't seem PG-13." <laughs> but then He doesn't bleed and you're like, well, what the fuck is happening? And then he starts like spitting up straw and there's like straw coming out of him. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) because all he did was talk about how much he hated that scarecrow. And it's like, huh, well, that's interesting. And Tommy's character. Tommy's character felt a bit complex to me because it's like, obviously, he's scared of the scarecrow. So. You almost want to feel bad for him. Yeah. Also, his home life doesn't seem to be wonderful. Yeah. Because it, I'll, I'll give you the most shining example I can. He comes home drunk and yeah. he's, what, seven? So <laughs> he walks up and his mother's like, Tommy, did you not deliver the eggs to the Whozits? And he's like, No. And she's like, I told you to deliver the eggs to the Hoosits. And he's like, I didn't. And she's like, are you drunk again? And he's like, it's Halloween. And she's like, bring these eggs to the Hoosits. And I'm like, did you just tell your son to drive drunk with a bunch of eggs to deliver them in the middle of the night? You're a crazy person. (laughs) Who is this woman? Who is his mother? Phyllis Diller? I was like, "Why? It's like mama's house. Why are you Why are you the craziest fucking mother?" I I don't know. I I mean, I do think he was supposed to walk with the eggs, so it
1: was I quite did as not egregious. get that impression. But at the same time, like you're sending your drunk son into a cornfield
0: <laughs> and just hoping he finds his way home. Best of luck. <laughs> Bring these Do you know it's Two o'clock in the morning! They need eggs! I'm like, (laughs) what is happening? Who is this woman, and why is she staying up all night to deliver eggs?
1: Also, why is he bringing, like, 36 eggs? Because when they show him with the basket of eggs, it's like, that is a lot of fucking eggs for this one family.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's delivering them to Edith the Egg Lady from uh, John Waters' movies. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Although, what a fun little tie-in. Maybe Edith the Egg Lady is the Red Room woman. <laughs> she didn't get her eggs, so she came and ate Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the egg man? uh yeah i i I will say I loved Harold, but the Big Toe Lady was my favorite because it's like. Again, my only notes about this was "fuck that toe" and "fuck that bitch who's looking for it." <laughs> I was like, "This is the most awful story." She's so creepy and she's so like gangly and weird, and she looks yeah. like a zombie, and I don't like it. Um, also, I think Ruthie, you know, she gets an honorable mention for the yeah, spider face. No,
1: and it's like it's mostly just gross. It is but very like- gross.
0: But Uh, I will say, as as likable as she ends up being in the end, mm -hmm. I do think she deserved it.
1: Maybe a little, yeah.
0: She was in a production of Bye Bye Birdie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? If you're in a production of Bye Bye Birdie, (laughs) I just think, I I don't know. I feel like if you're in a production of Bye Bye Birdie, then it's like, you you kind of get spiders
1: erupt from your face. Yeah, I
0: think, I think that that you deserve explosive face spiders if you're in a production of Bye Bye Birdie. Duly noted. Duly, except Cheetah Rivera. Okay. Cheetah Rivera and Dick Van Dyke. They don't okay. deserve it, but everybody else. Even Janet Lee. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. We can only save two people. That's a rule I just came and up with.
1: And then I don't know why we're saving Dick, Dick Van Dyke. I would say
0: Cheetah Rivera and Janet Lee. No, I'm saying Dick Van Dyke. Okay, I like Dick that's Van fine. Dyke. That's fine. <laughs> that's one of my Liza jokes, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I won't say it here because it's one of my favorite jokes. Um, yeah, I I think that this I think that this movie definitely nails it on the on the stories from the book. Um and of course we find out that the whole thing is that. Sarah Bellows is like crafting these stories about these kids and the book is um, you know, basically creating the stories as they're happening to these kids, and whatever she writes in the book is what happens to them. So I liked that element of of the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you did you think that was a creative way of making things happen?
1: Yeah, no, and it it added to the urgency too. I thought it was a good device um then being able to see the story being written as it's happening like it's it ups the stakes, it ups the tension. No, I think it was I think it was a good move.
0: I agree. And you know, I mean again, this is a PG-13 movie, so it's yeah. like there's a lot of like explanation. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we have Stella being like She obviously has to explain everything as it's happening because this is like kind of a kid's movie. And so I I didn't I didn't hold that against the movie. I knew what this movie is supposed to be. So I didn't hold it against it. But it was kind of funny because it's like (laughs) you're just constantly getting uh, exposition. It's like she is constantly throwing exposition at you, (laughs) even when she's like, I forget what she says. It's after um, Augie dies. She she's talking to I think Chuck and Ramon mm-hmm. and Ruthie shows up and she's and she's like uh, you don't read the book the book reads you and I was like every gay character is like yes read that <laughs> bitch to filth the read her and I was like that is a missed opportunity the book should read them <laughs> it's like it's like dear Chuck. Please shut up with your no drag knowledge. Do you not get that reference? No, I don't. Sorry. Oh god, you don't watch drag race. That's a funny joke. No, For sorry. anyone listening, that's a funny joke. Um Where was I going with this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What did you like about the movie?
1: <laughs> um, I liked most of the scares. I thought it was really creepy.
0: What about know. their incorporation of the illustrations?
1: I was really happy that they didn't try to do new character design. Mm -hmm. I I think that it would have been a real mistake to try to reimagine those characters. Just because, again, the illustrations are the creepiest part of the books. So it's like because I remember being in school and like not being able to turn certain pages because the illustrations freaked me out so
0: bad. (laughs) And you would memorize which pages they were on so you wouldn't see them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The spider knew- one really was the one that the fucked spider me
1: one up. really fucked me up. Um, and I- also,
0: honestly, the red room lady. Yeah, no, who is she not was not a red room lady in the book. But
1: <clears throat> no, like, but um, and the big toe lady isn't actually from that story. She's from a different one. I don't remember which one it is, though. Really? Yeah, no, she's she's a different drawing for. There's a different drawing for that story.
0: I wonder why they went with that then.
1: I think just because it was a scary illustration.
0: Mm, probably.
1: But um. Yeah, no, I thought that they did a really good job. I think it was absolutely the smartest decision they could have possibly made was to bring those illustrations to life.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Did you have any criticisms of the movie?
1: I think like you said, it was it was a little We're explaining the premise every couple minutes, mm-hmm. and it's like it's not necessarily new information every time. Yeah. It's just we're we're reminding people what's going on.
0: Yeah, I did find there was a bit of that. I found that um I, I I don't know. I found that there was a lot of stuff that like got repeated, like you said, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it it really kind of was like, okay, well, we've seen this six times. Like, I don't need I don't need that. I I think they probably could have had if they were going to pander to kids, yeah, which I think they were doing with the constant explanations, which I don't think was yeah. actually that necessary, um, I would have liked to have seen more humor.
1: I would have too. I th- I think that there was there was certainly room for it, mm-hmm. um, particularly with like they were trying to do it with Chuck and Augie, but Chuck and Augie are out of the movie so quickly that it's like yeah. you're left without any comic relief after that.
0: Yeah, after them, the only comic relief is the dog. Yeah. <laughs> when, they, <laughs> when they get to the Thai Dottie Walker and the, the the dog is barking and it's like Thai Dottie Walker and then the dog is just like well the fuck no and he just <laughs> nopes out of there so fucking I fast. mean wouldn't you? And I was like I was like good for you dog you knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> the dog's like nope fuck The this. dog was like not on this day. <laughs> And then the sheriff dude has like kind of a, uh, like a Mr., not a Mr. Wilkins. What's his, what's the other one's name? The neighbor.
1: Oh, uh, shit. I, I can't think of it. his like, name. You gotta be
0: fucking kidding yeah, me. No. <laughs> he has like one of those when the yeah. head comes down and he's like, absolutely not. And pulls out his gun he and gun just starts shooting six times. <laughs> six times (laughs) he should have said six times and it does nothing although i have to say i'm glad that cop died
1: yeah i am too because he was
0: a dick to ramon yeah yeah and it it was like that whole thing with him when he's like uh what's your name ramon oh ramon oh ramon it's like okay we're not watching Romeo and michelle uh (laughs) <laughs> maybe we could and he's like oh what's your last name and he's like rodriguez and it isn't doesn't it turn out to be uh, uh it turns out to be morales morales yeah um so good on uh good on ramon for lying to the cop because i i i would have done the same thing also how did we feel about the fact that first of all i i wasn't sure how to feel about the fact that um you know chuck says a bunch of kind of like Microaggressively racist things to Ramon when they yeah, first meet when he's like can I see your switchblade and he's like what makes you think I have a switchblade and it's like uh yeah you know why he had a switchblade uh but then he ends up having one and I'm like yeah. uh I don't know how I feel about that one <laughs> also I'm not so sure how I feel about that that 14 year old white girl being able to use a switchblade to pick a lock <laughs> I was like when in the world have you ever needed this skill I don't think that this is something... I was like, this, we're overstepping a... We have overstepped my... Uh, Her father locks the fridge at night. <laughs> Her father is my father. Um, yeah, I don't know. That whole situation was so bizarre. I yeah. don't think that the movie was innately racist. I liked Ramon, and I liked the role he played in the movie. But I did think... You know, some of it was... Outwardly denouncing racism, yeah. Uh, even in the beginning, I was like, "Nice to add that that Nixon poster with a swastika." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Very subtle. I like it." But um, I, I, I do think that some of it was like questionable.
1: Yeah, some of it was questionable. I have to admit, I was a little surprised, considering that it's it's not a kids' movie, but it's aimed towards kids. I was a little surprised that they. That they actually said "wetback," mm. like I was a little surprised that that was actually in there.
0: And I then mean, they rated is on this word and it.
1: Yeah, but it isn't geared toward children.
0: I beg to differ. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> 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 it was rated R. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it was just to appease the the censors. <laughs> I think that was basically a kid's movie. That was, that a was basically movie. a Care Bear movie? It was. That was a kid's movie. I think if you didn't see it as a kid, you led a really shitty childhood. <laughs> that movie was intended for kids. It wasn't meant for adults. You watch it as an adult and it's fucking ridiculous.
1: It's hilarious, though. I, love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know who it's meant for, but it's certainly not adults. It's not grown people. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would say it it is definitely a kid's movie. Okay. And it's not like the character who's using the word is glorified in any way.
1: No. No, and I didn't mean that that he was. It was just, I was surprised that they actually said it. Because, again, movie ostensibly aimed at children.
0: Yeah. Do you consider this a kid's movie?
1: I would say yes. Like, I don't think... I think it's it's a kid's story that's aimed toward kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, our protagonists are children. Granted, older children, but still children.
0: Well, children of an indeterminate age. Yeah, children... <laughs> they could be 10, they could be 30, no one knows.
1: Yeah, no one's really sure.
0: Even the dad is like, "I she graduated I just- college, that- I don't know why she's still here.
1: <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, our protagonists are children. I think that the original stories were aimed toward children. And this movie was certainly advertised as if it was, again, PG-13, so kid-friendly, if not aimed at kids specifically.
0: Mm. But do you think it... Would you describe it as a kid's movie?
1: I mean, I don't think I'd put it in the family section. But Mm. I think... It's definitely not what I would consider like an adult horror movie.
0: That's fair. It's kind of in a strange place. It's kind of, it's kind of like the Hunger Games in that way. It's like, yeah. it's intended for kids, but can be ad- enjoyed by adults, and I think that's necessary for this movie. Yeah, because we have obviously this is this is a series that is meant for young people and and kids, but. It's also nostalgic for people our age who are in their 30s now, who grew up in the 90s and the 80s when this book series came out. So, like, I think it had to toe a line. It had to appeal to older people and be appropriate for kids Yeah, in a strange way. And I think they accomplished that.
1: Yeah, I think for the most part they did
0: I'm going to say that. Also, I will I will say that um in looking this up on IMDb, I did find that they are uh apparently making a second one.
1: Yeah, no, I saw that this afternoon when I was looking around.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to it. Are you uh are you <clears throat> hopeful for the second one?
1: <laughs> I am. I'm not sure what they're going to do now that they've kind of finished up with Sarah Bellows. I'm not sure how they're going to continue it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Although, I feel like they must have some kind of plan because...
1: I mean, unless we're just starting with a whole new cast of characters. I
0: don't think we are because uh, one of the listed uh, actors on the movie is Zoe Margaret Coletti.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And at the end of this movie, she says, I still feel there's a way to get Augie and Chuck back. Right. So I feel like they must have... I don't want to say they must have had something set up, but they must have known they wanted to have some kind of yeah, venture into finding those two guys. So I think we know what the premise of the movie is going to be, Yeah, generally speaking, yeah. that she is going to find a way to bring back Chuck and Augie. But I, d- I don't know what that means. I think you're right in that without Sarah Bellows, I'm curious to see what the... What the tie together factor will be, I'm I'm not sure. But if it's as creative as it was this time, I think I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, am I missing anything? Um, I do want to note just one thing. Mm-hmm.
1: The um, the asylum that they go to that Sarah was a patient at is Penhurst Asylum. You see it on the letterhead. Really? Yeah. And Penhurst Asylum is actually a haunted asylum that you can go to in the state of Pennsylvania. Really. Yeah, you can go for ghost tours, um, regular history tours, and they also do a haunted house around this time of year. Really? Yes, and it's supposedly very good. Where is it? It is in the middle of Pennsylvania. I do not know the name of the town.
0: <laughs> well, that's okay. We can we're we're gonna look it up and, and let you know. But that's really interesting. I didn't realize that it was Penhurst. I wonder where they filmed it. I I can't imagine they filmed it in Penhurst.
2: No.
1: It's in Spring City, Pennsylvania.
0: I don't know where i that don't know is. where that is either um i have no idea i've I've never been there have you been to it no huh i wonder if it's good i'd be interested in going we should do a little yeah. field trip of uh, my spooky gay field trip <laughs> i don't I mean I, i'd be down you're like yeah we could do that it's just seven hours away
1: probably um
0: pennsylvania is deceivingly large you can drive for, like, is. eight hours and not go side to side.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> um, no, it's a big state. It is a rather large state.
1: but No, so that was my, like, two bits of trivia. Anyway. I like
0: I like that. I'm down for a trip to Pennhurst. I would go. Um, that said, we're going to call it a wrap on, on Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, part one, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we may be back in the future with another Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So, uh... Let us know what your thoughts on the movie were. We definitely love them. And please let us know your favorite stories from the books. We love to hear them. And we'll even uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit on the podcast if you send in your favorites. So we will be back on Monday on Patreon with a brand new mini mini microsode as part of the 13 weeks of Halloween. And we will be back next week right here, wherever you are listening with a brand new episode. So until then, stay spoopy and remember.
1: The Jangling Man is coming. He's gonna say
2: me. What's going on? He's gonna say listen!
1: Me tachi Walker! Are you shitting me?
0: My spooky Gay family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, distributed by Lionsgate Films 2019. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My spooky Gay family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions.
2: Barbara.